for the Indians. One run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. From the Gateway Lounge in Sioux Falls, it's Nobody's Listening Anyway. Here are your hosts, John Gaskins and Matt Zimmer. Well, we're going to continue a conversation we were having before we just started hitting play. Actually, we had started hitting play, and I lost it all. So uh, yesterday, another day where guys my age and years and a lot of people who probably listen to this podcast, Zim, guys in their 40s or late 30s who are starting to realize for the first time in their lives they're just not that young anymore. (laughs) And there's all kinds of ways and signs that that happens. You physically break down. That's usually a good way for a lot of people. But when when you see people, celebrities who you liked, who were in their prime, uh, when they were your age that you are now, die. And it makes you, it, it, it just starts to hit you. And we've had two of them in their 70s in the last week or so. We talked about Christine McVie, and it was a chance for you to shit on Fleetwood Mac, which is fine. I, <laughs> I gave it to you last week. And, uh, but now Kirstie Alley, who both of us liked mainly because we both love the show Cheers, Rebecca Howe, uh, the replacement for the ever-popular Diane for the show, uh, who I think probably deserves a lot of credit for keeping, for helping keep the show going after Diane left, and everybody thought maybe it was going to go into the into the dumpster. Uh, and the discussion we were having before we lost it was that I. I feel like I'm one of the few people. This is not to be hot take. I really feel this way. I liked Rebecca better than uh, than Diane, and I feel like I'm alone. Every TV critic, every documentary, everything I've ever seen that's ever covered Cheers was like the best thing ever about that show was the first four or five years when it was Sam and Diane. And I thought that was a great ensemble cast that had a lot of amazing characters. And for some reason, I never, I never really liked Diane very much. But maybe I was too young at the time to get the nuance. By the time my brain was maybe more fully formed, uh, eight, ten, twelve years old, I was really enjoying the dynamics of Sam and Rebecca, and I just liked Rebecca more. But apparently, I'm alone. You're not. Um, I had some other people say that to me when I tweeted about Kirstie Alley yesterday. But um, if I, if you had asked me when I was twelve or thirteen, I might have agreed with you. Um, Cheers is my favorite show of all time, so I never go very long without watching it, uh, reruns or something. I'm always, it's, Cheers is always kind of in the periphery, and uh, so maybe that has changed some of my opinions about it, because yeah, when I was 12, it was hard to remember the Diane episodes, uh, yeah, because they, they, were, they were old or whatever, but um, now that I've seen so many of them over and over and over again and gone back to them, and uh, I prefer Diane. I think the Sam and Diane dynamic was sort of the heartbeat of the show, and you know, there's specific episodes I can think back to that were classics that were, you know, not only hilarious but in some cases really touching and and heartwarming or whatever. And um, I just really enjoyed the give and take between those two sort of uh, polar opposite sort of characters. Um, but you know, I said this earlier. To me, uh, Shelley Long and Kirstie Alley are like. David Lee Roth and, and Sammy Hagar. You know, most Van Halen fans prefer David Lee Roth Van Halen, um, but that doesn't mean 
Van Hagar sucked. Some people think it did, but I, I like them both. I just like the David Lee Roth version better, and it's the same with Cheers. I I liked Rebecca. I liked Kirstie Alley. I liked uh, um, the way that she kind of came in there and challenged Sam a little bit more than, than Diane did. It was almost like he had sort of met his match a little bit with that second character. Um, so, yeah, when, when she died, my first thought was, oh, Rebecca from Cheers, that sucks. And also, as I mentioned, if you haven't seen the movie, Drop Dead Gorgeous. It's one of the funniest comedies from the 90s. Kirstie Alley is in that. Uh, and a couple other things you mentioned, Look Who's Talking and probably some other things. Uh, I even remember seeing a, f a few episodes of, was it Veronica's Closet, I think yeah. she did, yeah. and Fat yeah. Actress. and yeah. uh, She was very funny, almost everything she did. I was a big fan and sad to see that she died. Yeah, uh, Look Who's Talking came out when I was about 10, 11, 12 years old, and I, I must have, my mom took me to see it in the theater, and, I mean, it was probably a little over the, like, ill-advised for parents to take their kids to see uh, that. Shit, that movie's how I learned about, like, pregnancy and it's women's me, bodies and me shit too. like that. Like, I remember <laughs> I, I, I had learned some of that in health class, but to see a movie, like, really bring it to life. Like, the first scene is the sperm meeting the eggs. and <laughs> There's a line in that movie yeah. that I remember word for word. John Travolta tells her, you don't look so hot. And she goes... You try squeezing a watermelon out of a hole the size of a lemon and yep. see how hot you look. <laughs> yes, yes, I remember yes. being 11 being like, what's she talking about? Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was the first time. Well, yes, and actually uh, every reference I've had when I hear about or talk about, you know, as we get older, obviously, uh, well, a lot of us, uh, not you or I, have had kids and uh, or but you're married to a woman who's had a kid. Like, you know, we all we all understand personally uh, via the women of our lives, how how painful and awful that is. But yes, that was the first reference, and that's the reference I always go back to whenever I, I we don't want to get political, but when I think about the topic of abortion and pregnancy and all that, and the stuff that w fucking shit women go through, right. and how men don't understand it, I always go back to that line. I'm right. thinking, you you tr you you try that. Yeah. And plus, that was the first time I learned uh, uh, about <laughs> how. Women's breasts swell during pregnancy <laughs> because there's a scene where she's <laughs> looking in the mirror and she's like, she just discovers, oh my God, my, uh -huh. my boobs are huge. Yep. And, she, and she said something like, I look like a Russ Meyer film, which was, <laughs> by the way. Another I joke had, you didn't get when you were 11. Nope. Yeah. I had to look and we didn't have Google back then. So yeah. I had no idea. It's amazing. We didn't have Google back then. We couldn't look that. We, there's no way we could really look that stuff up. Like you what, had to ask your mom, yeah, which well. was very awkward. Yeah. <laughs> so and then so when and I, we had HBO and I was a kid because that's how privileged I was. And so when that came to when Look Who's Talking came to HBO, oh my God! I just watched it. I, you know, Idle Time. I watched it over and over and over again. So yeah, I just really liked her, and I kind of always wondered where she went. I know there was there there was that Veronica Veronica's Closet thing. I don't remember ever getting into that. But uh, and then she just became kind of this. Uh, and then you mentioned fat actress, which I had forgot about as well. Mm -hmm. But she kind of she kind of embraced the getting older in Hollywood and becoming overweight and and she getting kind of crabby about it. And um, anyway, I I think you hit on something, though, with Cheers. And that is I've got to go back and watch the early years. You've done it. I really haven't because I was more. Yeah, if you're basing your 
entire Cheers fandom of what you remember when you were a kid, yeah. I would strongly recommend yeah. that you reconnect with it. Actually, lot, same thing, a lot of the jokes you know, you didn't get when you were nine years I, old. I actually tried, a couple of years ago, I tried, it's on Hulu, all the seasons, all the episodes, uh-huh. and I watched the first three or four, and I don't know how you recall it, I do remember, it, you know, it had the early sparks flying between Sam and Diane, and it was really good, it was really well written and funny, but, but it, it felt like some of the early episodes, the first season, were kind of slogs, and I just couldn't, I couldn't keep going, and I stopped, and I really had to get going again. You don't, you, you, you hard don't, disagree. You don't. Uh, hard Classic disagree. from the beginning. Classic yeah. from the beginning. Okay, yeah. Man, I'll go back and keep watching again. Maybe I was watching it too late at night. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so what makes, so what makes it your favorite show of all time? I don't know, John. Oh come on, <laughs> it's it's a great show. I mean, great cast, all the, you know, I just think it's a great idea for a show too, and obviously it's been copied a lot since then but you know just setting up people in a bar you know and having the you know the regular the bitchy waitress the cocky bartender you know and yeah yeah okay i I agree by the way yes it's one of my favorites as well uh top five top five top five favorite uh characters of cheers you could do this let's go high fidelity john cusack here top five characters maybe you can start at five maybe you can start see that's hard to say though because you know, I don't know if, you know, favorite characters and the one I liked the most or identified with or, you know, was the most entertaining. Just your favorite, the one you enjoyed, the, the one you liked the most. The one Maybe Woody, I guess. Uh, the innocent country hick yeah. humor always yeah. worked for me. Yeah. Um, I liked Coach, too, but I agree with you. I thought Woody was a little bit better, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, me, too. The Cliff Clavin character is... I think very well. Everyone knows a guy like that, you know, a guy who thinks he knows everything. You just want to tell him to shut the fuck up. Um, so he's he one of my favorite characters. Not really, because I hate guys like exactly. that. Exactly. But he's a great character for yes. the show. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, and I, I love Diane. Like, I, I've known women like that, you know, <laughs> who like to think of themselves as being a little bit better than they are. You know, like, it's <laughs> that uh, I always enjoyed that, too. Okay. Carla was my favorite. Because I just sure because just she I mean she had all the she she got all the good lines but that's partly mm-hmm. because well, that was partly why she was my favorite mm-hmm. just uh, you can't have that show without Carl. Actually, one of my favorite characters was her on again off again or no her ex husband the guy played by Dan Hadaya his okay. name escapes me at the moment okay um I think he is, was his name Eddie I think yeah I thought um, that was Jay Thomas who played no him. he plays the hockey player that she dates later oh, okay okay uh, Dan Hadaya played her I believe her ex husband or maybe just a maybe just a skeezy guy that is in and out anyway yeah he's just the worst and he's like openly yeah. the worst just this horrible chauvinist pig and every time he comes into the bar it's like a lizard just walked in there and yeah. he leans into it so hard that i always loved that character cuz he was hilariously awful that that would that one would be high on the list for me I, I, it's not like i did a deep dive he had the hot girlfriend loretta remember okay. the the bonehead bimbo blonde yes come on loretta let's get out of here yes you know yeah no. which which drove carla nuts but yes. also provided a lot of carla's yes. best lines so i'd go carla one uh i would say um maybe george or not george george went uh norm, norm. two i mean because norm had all the great lines who, who didn't love norm and uh maybe it's because it's sentimental my uncle is norm yeah. i mean my uh see i always thought his character was a little cliched uh, not that I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. But it, at some point, it's like, okay, we get it. He's got a line every time he walks in and la, 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 la. Okay. You know? That's fair. 
Um, Frazier was great. I mean, he had his own spinoff that became almost as successful as Cheers. I remember how surprising that was. Of all the char- I remember at the time of all the characters after this all-time show goes off the air of all the spinoffs you could do. I just remember going, Frazier, really? And uh, but well, they, but, but they but, had but something. What would, there. what would the other characters' show be about? I, I don't know. You know I didn't Norm think that just comes into the bar age. and sits there all night. And, Fair, you know. Yeah, and, and like the whole, it, it wouldn't be Sam. The whole, sh- the, the show is still right, originated, right. generated around Sam. So uh, maybe, I mean, maybe Rebecca would have been fun. But yeah. uh, anyway, they had, but they were clearly smarter than I was because you have a therapist, and that's you know, you're going off the Bob Newhart thing. It's always kind of funny to have a show with a therapist as the lead character, and you're diving into the human. And I became, psyche a, and I don't know about you, I became a big fan of Frasier. I did, I did too, absolutely. Yeah. And this yeah. is why I was going to say Lilith may have been my third or fourth favorite character big in Cheers. Fan. Yep, yep, big <laughs> for, Lilith fan for, for, for obvious reasons because yeah. I think we've all known somebody like Lilith as well. All right, I won't make you round out your top five um all right 12 minutes on cheers i thought that was great uh we we, we did pretty good recreating that original conversation <laughs> it sucks i had to spend 10 minutes firing up my laptop again. because you didn't charge your laptop you just, okay is that all what right. happened the 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 uh unfortunately when you have the setup we got going on here it, there's a lot of wires and a lot of things if one thing is off everything everything is off and so the my computer's battery was low i thought i and holy shit, literally as I was just making that point, my computer flickered off again as I was touching the damn thing. Don't touch it. I'm not going to touch the computer anymore. Do not touch. Yeah, it's the opposite of the Saturday Night Live skit sprockets where Mike Meyer wanted you to touch his monkey. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't touch the monkey. All right, so there you go. Uh, that's it for Cheers. I guess we got, I guess we have to zip ahead to the... Uh, the. Oh, okay. Uh well, what are we going to talk about? I mean, Vikings won again. Cubs you know what? Are going to re-sign Carlos Correa. I actually. Tom Brady had an amazing comeback last night. I know. We're going to have to be like, pardon the interruption. We're going to have to yeah. do like three minutes yeah, on everything. We need a bell. Yeah, yeah. We need a bell. We need a. We need an enforcer. Um, did you watch the yeah. Monday night game last night? You know what I did? I, I did some of it. Uh, I tried the Manning cast for the first time because I was like, uh-huh. this is a bullshit game. Yep, Neither yep. of these teams are making the playoffs. I get it. It's Tom Brady. And uh, and you know what? I got so bored with the Manning cast. I know a lot of people like it. I tried it last night, too, and thought the same thing. Really? Yeah. Was that, the fr- was that your first yeah. time? I had the almost identical experience. I was like, why am I... Why am I listening to this? I, I want to watch a football game. I tuned in for, uh, you know, I, I don't know, sometime in the second half, third quarter. It was like 16 to 3. It was a shit game. And um, I so part of me at first liked it. They're being irreverent. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, I like the Mannings. They're the, funny guys. Me too. And I was thinking they're not making, unlike the broadcast with Aikman and Buck, who, by the way, I like. A lot of people don't. Um, I think they've made Monday Night Football feel, I think they've elevated Monday Night Football's broadcast. They really are. Um, I think you take those two from where they were and put them in Monday Night Football, and like it feels like a big deal again. Even in games like this, I enjoy their broadcasts, which is why I usually watch them. But in a game like this, part of their job, and uh, anybody who's done play-by-play can know this, you're always supposed to make it seem like this is a big game. These are big moments. You want to keep listening. You want to keep watching. And you know, I'm not going to be a dipshit about even if even if you think this is boring. Anyway. So I'm like, the perfect time for the Mannings. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm like, no, this is not. And, and most, of their, most of their jokes and their irreverence aren't landing here. They're just not. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, so I tuned out of it completely. And then I tuned back into the post-game show because I enjoy Scott Van Pelt's post-game shows. Uh-huh. I don't know about you, but I do. I almost like those better than most games they have on Monday night. And um, I'm like, what? Like, oh, Brady led them back. Okay. 
fantastic. I missed that. And you know, and I and now I wish I was watching Aikman and Buck called that yeah. because that would have been a lot of fun. Did you did you stay with the Mannings the whole time? No, I, I watched it for about maybe a minute and then I switched. Oh, okay. And I was working while the game was on. Um, I was working while the game was on, meaning like writing stories while it was just sort of on in the background. And then I noticed they were like Brady and. Uh, is it Steve Wilkes, is that his name, the Bucks coach? Yeah. Um, no, that's uh, the Bucks coach is. Um, what's his oh, Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles. But so they got in like an argument over Brady wanted to go for it on fourth and ten because there were only like five minutes left. And he was overruled. And Aitman was like, yeah, I think they should have gone for it. There's not enough time. Three and out, touchdown, three and out, touchdown. I mean, it was a really fun. And, and regardless of what you think of Tom Brady, and I like Tom Brady. Whenever you have a legend, you know, who's near the end of his career, and you can sense that, you know, he's digging into his bag of tricks one last time. Yes. And I, as you might have saw on Twitter, I immediately said, this reminds me of that Joe Montana game when he was playing for the Chiefs. It was the end of his career. They are playing the Broncos on Monday Night Football, and he, you know, found a way to conjure up the magic for this last-minute touchdown game. I was a Chiefs fan. That was huge. Yes. It instantly reminded me of that. It was almost like an identical scenario. Old quarterback at the end of his career with his quote-unquote new team that he, you know, 20 years later will forget he even played for him for a couple of years, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it was just exactly like that. It made me go look up that that play, that highlight, that touchdown oh, yeah. pass. Remember, who, I can't remember who it was, but kind of had to duck inside the, the pylon on the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That was cool. That was just I, cool to watch. No, I, I, I remember watching that game as a kid. The Broncos were the Chiefs' absolute fucking mm-hmm. kryptonite and nemesis, and uh, they never won at mile high. And that was a Monday night game. It was a Monday night game as well. But, uh, no, I didn't see this. And Brady Brady did this two or three weeks ago as well in a crap game where nothing happened. The, and and uh, Mark, I actually heard Mark Schlereth say this today. This was a lot like watching a lot of that one Tim Tebow season with the Broncos. Shit for, 40, for 35 or whatever minutes, mm-hmm. 45 minutes, and then gives you one or two golden drives at the end to win the game. That Mark Schlereth would compare Tom Brady to Tim Tebow. It's like watch. It's not. No, it's no, a terrible comparison. It's like their game. Still, still a terrible comparison. Oh, no, it is not a terrible He's comparison. He's a former Bronco. No wonder he would go. That's like of you course. relating everything to the Oscars. Of course, that's true. Uh, we're good, Susie. Thank Thanks. you. Um, okay. For, but no, but the, I'm pushing the, back against Mark. Flair. The way the games. I get it. I get it. The way the games played out, it's the same way. It's like where was where was that for 35, 40 minutes, and then given the urgency, it happens. Not oh, I am. So uh, whatever. Here's another. Here's another thought that Brady is not done, but he's done in Tampa. That uh, he's gonna play somewhere else again next time. Uh, that that he's that he's still good. This is not a good fit for him because the Patriots and Belichick were a perfect fit because, like Belichick, two very disciplined guys demanded and expected a lot of everybody else, drove everybody else crazy, but it was great. But eventually, uh, you know, it eventually just couldn't work anymore. And you put Tom Brady in an organization which has traditionally been an underachieving organization. Spit it out. Where's he going? Uh, oh, who knows? Oh, I thought you were it working just, towards it, a specific nope, team. it just feels like he's done oh. in Tampa. Well, now that he already basically lost his marriage for the sake of continuing to play, you might as well keep playing now, exactly. right? Yeah. I mean, almost be stupid to just only do it for one more half yeah. a season. I mean, yeah. play till you're 50 at this point. He, uh, the, the analogy I heard is this is a guy, like some of us have been in our lives, although you've been, you've been working in the same company for like 20 years, 
so I guess maybe you can't relate, but uh, pe- people who are, you're, you've had a job and you're ready, to, you're tired of the company, you're tired of the people you work with, you want to quit and then you know you're going to quit, but not everybody knows you're going to quit, but you're planning on it and then uh, you still want to be productive and put in good work and not screw anything up, but you leave a little bit earlier and you do, you do, the, you do the minimal work possible before you're out the door, but you know, you, 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 you still give it your all. Um, when it when it matters the most, and that he's not this is not a disciplined enough operation for him, and he's he's ready to go somewhere else. Where that would be, I have no idea. I have no idea. Back but, to New England. Uh, uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm sure Belichick will welcome him with open arms. And uh, look, we don't have much time. The the Vikings. I, I, we'll we'll save that for next week because I actually I actually do think that's compelling because. Um, I don't think they're really on anybody's serious radar to be a Super Bowl contender because they keep winning the same game. They're playing. The Jets were pretty good. They were seven and four. They were four and one on the road. Uh, that's a good team. Mm-hmm. But you know, the Vikings keep beating teams that aren't one of the five or eight best in the league, and a lot of them are barely wins. Eight of their nine wins have been by eight points or less. And uh, and, and actually, the the, the 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 thing I wanted to hone in on is something that one of our contemporaries in Sioux Falls sports media tweeted after the game. That I just don't know how much longer this good fortune is going to last for the Vikings, and I pushed back on that. I thought, um, are, is the competition they're beating totally legitimate every week? Not completely. They all have their flaws, and the two best teams they played, they got destroyed by Philly and the Cowboys. But uh, man, uh, the, the I don't I don't think how they're the, you can contend that they're not legitimate at ten and two to be a Super Bowl team. But to say that this has just been good fortune, no, this is a team that just is used to winning these close tight games. It isn't pretty, but they, you know, they well, forced the Jets into five field goals in yes, the red zone. Yes. Both you know. things can be true. Yeah. Anytime, I mean, differential matters for a reason. You know, if you're killing everybody every week, that means you're really good. Yes. If you're winning every single game by two or three points, you are getting lucky to a degree. There's, there's no such thing as oh they're just that much, you know they know how to win or whatever. I think it is. There's, um, there's something to that certainly, uh, but you don't win all of them, and the Vikings have essentially won all of them. I think the first few where that happens, it's, it's okay. There's some good fortune here, you know. I mean, it was a 61-yard field goal, but there's a double doink to beat the Saints in London. I get it, but by now, it's, it's contagious. They've got a, they've got a. It's clear they have a great culture under Kevin. O- that's exactly what they needed. That's what I'm saying. It's not like it's illegitimate. And, and they know how to Plus, do it. Plus, in the NFL, there's no points. There's no style points. Right. You know, there's no PowerPoint rankings where you have to, you know, like we've seen, like BCS stuff there used to be or, or you know, any of that. You All you, all that matters in the NFL is you win. You know, I'm, and, you know, I had buddies every week, like, oh, that was lame, or, God, I can't believe we only beat someone's... I don't care if you won two, three to two. Mm-hmm. You know, you won. Yeah. Right. They're ten and two. Right. Last year, they were eight and nine. It was it was a it was a fun first half and the offense just kind of went away in the second half and it was the same possession every the you know this is how Ed Donatel plays defense they, they he'll give up a bunch of yards he doesn't want to give up points Charles Davis said that a thousand times on the broadcast. Up for Ed Donatel, I'm not sticking up for Ed Donatel. <laughs> I'm not saying this is the right way to do it, but he doesn't mind. He obviously doesn't like pressuring teams a lot and he'll give you these six and ten yard plays. But when you get to the red zone, uh, whether it's him or his defense, five fucking field goals they force. 
Forest, plus the two uh, red zone, one of them goal line stands in the last two or three minutes of the game. So was that ag- was that agonizing for you? Was that just good, plain, clean fun? I mean, I mean it's I, hard. it doesn't really agonize. Some Vikings fans are complaining I, about this. I, I'm I, like, wasn't that fun? That was a fun yeah, game. Yeah, I kind of thought so. Uh, yeah. They did get out games like 500 to 280 or something. I mean, that's not good. That's, I know, you know, we always hear coaches talk about, oh, nobody cares about yards. yards Points matter, matter, yeah. Well, but it does say something about how you're playing. Right. You know? and, and so, it, I, you know, I, and I, I think you probably saw the stat, too, that the Vikings have given up over 330 passing yards like six times already this year. Now, that probably means they're ahead all the time. Teams are being forced to throw to come back against them. Yes. There's something to that. But also, you know, and there obviously there's injuries in the secondary, but, you know. It, it's definitely a flawed team, but they're finding ways to win, and they don't need to apologize for any of those well, wins. Well, and the way things are set right now with the records, first of all, they're they're they they're number two at ten and two. The Niners are two games back at number three, and they just lost Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, they could still be pretty good without him. They've got a lot of things in place that, that Brock Purdy seems like a good fit for what Kyle Shanahan likes to do with his offense, and it, it, they could be okay. But it does feel like the the Vikings are going to stay at two. Um, unless they shit the bed, because they still get to get to play the Packers, Lions, and the Bears. They're all on the road, but they get to, that's three of their uh, last five games. So they should stay at two, and if they do, they get home games until the championship game. And I still think they're very much a championship game contender. To go back to Philly, that's when I think they may be exposed. But, I mean, they're going to be at home in the playoffs. So somebody's going to have to come to Minneapolis and probably beat them. And, uh, you know, maybe a team like the Niners will expose them uh, in Minneapolis. But that's going to be hard to do in that place with the with what the Vikings have had going on, unless a lot of things change about the team and the results in the next few weeks. We'll see. At Detroit's going to be tough. Lions are playing well. At Green Bay is going to be tough. Packers aren't packing it in yet, so maybe those teams will. Maybe those teams will expose the Vikings before we even get to the playoffs. We'll see. But they're going to win the North, one yeah. or the other. So. And uh, all right, so uh, we we never got to the Jacks. We've got two minutes left, but it, I mean, what does this what does this feel like to you? I don't know. I mean, Holy Cross is twelve and zero. I think they've won nineteen of their last twenty games. Um, now, what kind of competition they're against necessarily, but. You know, they just beat a solid New Hampshire team. They beat Buffalo this year, and Buffalo is a MAC team that's going to a bowl game. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's fairly legit. I think they have a really good offense. Their quarterback's really good. He has over 1,000 yards rushing, and it's been a while since the Jacks have had to go against that kind of quarterback. So, that's interesting to see, but their defense is just playing so incredible right now. Delaware had a really good offense, and they shut them out. And also, as good as Holy Cross appears to be on offense, their defense looks fairly vulnerable, and the Jacks' offense was very, very good on Saturday. Mark Gronowski's playing really well. That offensive line playing really well. The Yankee Twins are playing really well. Uh, I'm envisioning like a 42 to 17, something of that nature. I do want to apologize to Jackrabbit fans because they they expect something of us, and it's a bulk of our of our listenership every week. And at the same time, uh, and we would have had at least 15 more minutes on this had we not had two technical interruptions during our, our weekly taping. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, I, I, I don't know if you want to overcomplex this whole thing. It's um, it, 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 from from what you just said, it it feels like pretty elementary stuff. Well, that, that, I mean, I, mean, I think a, last week we were all wondering, like, what were they going to look like coming off two weeks off? Yeah. You know, they were very adamant that, you know, this isn't going to be a problem going that long without playing, this idea that we're not going to be rusty or whatever. And uh, myself and some others in the media played it up to some degree. 
I don't want to say I didn't believe them or that I was predicting that they were going to come out and shit the bed or anything like that. Uh, I didn't expect that at all because, again, we knew they were going to be really fresh and they needed to get some guys, guys back. But I was still impressed with how, you know, little time they needed to get going. They jumped out there and were ready to go. You know, you throw out Jaden Yonke made a really dumb play on a punt return that essentially gave them a free field goal. But take that away, it was total domination from start to finish in all three phases. It was a really really impressive win. yeah and they are worthy of more time than this for sure because they are they're spectacular it's a spectacular outfit would you say by now i the results at the end will tell us if this is the best team they've had but right now is this looking like the best team and the best chance they've had to win a national title even better based, than based tw- solely on their defense yes this okay. is the best defense they've ever had i think it's the best defense in the country and it just continues to week after week after week just utterly dominate no matter who they're playing yeah and uh, and by the way, the Tucker Large hit. I know you got to go. Uh, a, a minute on that because you looked deeply into it. And uh, this is for my. I I don't I don't have a. I'll set you up with my short statement. This kid did not have those kind of hits in high school. He never seemed like a. He never seemed like a dirty player in high school, as far as I ever saw. He was just a tremendous athlete. He does have a lot of swagger. Uh, and on the basketball floor as well, when the helmets aren't on, you can see these kids. Uh, you know, he just plays with he plays with a lot of watch bristle re- and energy. Watch the replay. Yeah. Watch the slow motion replay. It was definitely a late hit. There are late hits all the time, though. That happens. Yeah. It's hard for football players to you know stop while in midair. Was it dirty? Was it malicious? I don't know how you could honestly look at it and say that it was dirty or malicious. Yeah. He clearly goes out of his way. To, to turn his body, to try to, he re- recognized, like, I, I can't stop, but I can at least try to alter the way I hit him, and it was just bad timing, he smacks him right in the chest, the guy was going down, it, it, you know, just the, the physics of it just created a, a situation where it knocked his head straight into the ground, it was very scary, and it was really scary, you're looking at it as it's happening, and it's like, this could be, I hesitate to say life or death situation, but I mean, it looked really scary. Um, and it sounds like the kid is okay. I mean, to what degree? I don't know. Is he going to play football again? That might be up to him, ultimately. All those things are very scary. Um, but I think sometimes people are so anxious to have a villain, to blame someone. Especially would, in a violent sport. But what would that change? I mean, it, you know, it happened, and that's terrible. To, to try and turn Tucker Large into a villain that he clearly isn't doesn't serve any purpose. Everyone knows when they sign up to play football that you're – not to overstate it, but you're kind of risking your life. It's a very dangerous sport. It's no different than getting behind a car to do stock car racing or something like that, or become a heavyweight boxer. Those sports are really dangerous, and you know that when you sign up for it. Uh, was that the most surreal ending you've seen? Have you ever been? Have you ever I don't know covered if I've an ever event? seen a game called like that? Um, I've seen situations like that many times before, but you know it was 42 to six. It just yeah. made sense to call the game. Yeah. I, you know, I, I've seen I, that's probably the seventh or eighth time in my sports writing career that I've been at a game where an ambulance had to drive onto the field, load someone onto a stretcher, and take them straight to the hospital. I'll never forget a state semifinal basketball game in Rapid City, Class Boys Double Double A Boys, O'Gorman and Huron, and it was a rematch of uh, what was uh, uh, the fl- the flying elbow heard around the state controversy. Kid from Huron hit a kid from O'Gorman. Uh, and then, uh, then they met in the semifinals, and that same kid who had the flying elbow went in for a layup. And Derek Ro- uh, Derek Roby's son Alex, who was like the, one of the best players in the state, went up from behind just to just to try to defend a layup. And the replay would show was not a hard hit, was not a hard foul. 
but uh, but the kid from Huron fell awkward. It was just an awkward fall. Fifteen minutes, the whole uh, whole arena basketball. silent. And, it just and, goes to and, show you. Yeah, you know, there's no such thing as a completely safe sport. Yeah, baseball player. You know, you never know when you're going to get hit. In the, a pitcher could get hit by a comeback and comebacker and be killed instantly. Yeah, basketball player. We, you know, saw in the final four a few years ago. Guy just jumps up for a three point shot, and lands on his legs. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, I mean, sports are dangerous. Yeah, we all know it. All right. And there he goes, Matt Zimmer. For those of you who don't know, some weeks when we take this podcast, he has to leave hard out time uh, to go pick up his son Arthur at daycare. So he is done. And and we do apologize. Had some, twice my computer just completely blacked out on me while taping this podcast. And uh, we, we were roaring out of the gates with our cheers discussion the first time around, and that got sent to the moon. Uh, I thought I thought that was a pretty decent organic conversation for being our for for being basically uh, uh, having to reignite the same chatter that we had about Cheers. It did take away from our time to talk about the Jacks. We do know a big uh, part of our audience are SDSU fans. Do apologize for that. However, uh, we did spare you the conversation about the attendance, which we uh, really did a deep dive into last week. Only six thousand for the game on Saturday against Delaware, and uh, it's, it was 23, 25 degrees. Is that indictment an indictment on Jackrabbit fans? I don't know. Maybe a lot of you are just waiting for the quarterfinals and the semifinals to show up. It's only going to be about 36 degrees, and when I say only, I mean that's bearable, right? 36 degrees with 13-mile-an-hour winds. Not that calm. little bite there, but not gale force uh, type of North Pole stuff, so... I'll reserve harsh criticism over the passion of Jackrabbit fans and how many people are showing up for these playoff games until we see what happens on Saturday. But it will be a challenge. It's an 11 a.m. start. How many are willing to go that early in the morning to Brookings to, to go up, potentially tailgate, and then watch this game? And it'll be kicking off at a little colder part of the day than 2 p.m. We'll see. Uh, but I don't blame you if you don't want to go. Uh, make that trip, and if you still want to congregate with some Jacks fans and have a damn good time, uh, and, and you you know, home is not enough. You It's a big game. You want to be with other Jacks fans, have some good energy. You, you just don't want to go all the way to Brookings and sit in the cold. Come to the Gateway Lounge. Gateway Lounge will have this game on a bunch of TVs. Only college football game in the country going on at that time, and you are going to have uh, servers like Susie, who are not only rock stars, Really nice people, but there's you know it's an awesome food menu. Whether it's pizza or wings or chislick or any number of burgers, come on down to the Gateway. It's truly a cool place to come watch sports and to come watch the Jacks on Saturday. Of course, all day on NFL Sunday. No more USA World Cup games to watch, but for what it's worth, it's still a place that if you are a soccer fan and you're that deeply in love with the World Cup. You are going to be guaranteed the the games from here on out are going to be here at the Gateway and a great place to congregate with other soccer fans. Man, did I have a blast last Saturday morning at 8 a.m. with my stepson's stepbrother. Uh, uh, Too long of a story for you to explain that. Uh, Cameron is uh, Bride McKenzie and about 200 of our best friends watching the World Cup here at Gateway Lounge on 8 a.m. on Saturday. Biscuits and gravy, drinks, uh, standing room only. Some people had to be turned away. It was so much damn fun. Even though the Americans lost, we were hinging on every movement. And uh, I don't care if you don't like soccer and think it's boring. It was, I'm one of those people, 
It wasn't when I was here at the Gateway Lounge. It was just a fun atmosphere and experience. And then I went home and, you know, just kind of watched a little football and took a nap. Uh, What a a Saturday that was. Kind of fun to just get your bar, uh, sports bar, drinking and eating (laughs) out of the way (laughs) and then go home and just kind of rest the rest of it off. Uh, So there we go. Plenty more Jacks next week, we promise, because likely we're going to be having a semi-final matchup to preview here at Gateway Lounge. Why are you laughing? That was a terrible outro. Fuck you. <laughs> you guys need a round of drinks? Uh, yes. Yeah.